the old geeks. Two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Ole, 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 ole. Welcome to Hot Soccer Chat with the Grumpy Old Geeks. Not just fucking around. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> well, that's about all you're going to get from me on this particular episode. I have paid no attention to tech whatsoever. All I've been doing is looking at sports statistics and reading about countries I didn't even know existed. You are such a – who are you? One, you know, you've known me a long time, Jason. Once every four years, I go batshit crazy for sports. I build all that testosterone male bullshitness up for four years, <laughs> and it explodes in a month-long orgy of balls. That's what she said. <laughs> so, yeah, I've uh, I've been going apeshit. The very the first World Cup game was played yesterday. I am to show my dedication to to my craft. I'm actually missing Mexico versus Cameroon right now. Well, sort of. It's on the TV in the corner. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Guess I'll be carrying this show then. <laughs> you can carry this on on your on your capable shoulders. <laughs> Uh, so I want to start off a little bit about, with talking about our quantified self ranty shit that we've done before. Yes. Here's the problem with it. If you don't get off your ass, it doesn't do anything. This is very <laughs> true. I, I woke up. I've, I've been kind of – it's been raining here and it's, I've been lazy the past week or so. Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning in my, my Fitbit Aria, which is my Wi-Fi enabled scale, which talks to my Fitbit on my hip and my phone and all that jazz. Well, it kicked me in the nuts saying, yeah, you're, you're pretty much the fattest you've ever been. You should go outside now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, quantified self doesn't do a goddamn thing if you don't put in the work. Well, so. that, that's the point of the whole yes. quantification is to, to force you to get off your ass because you're realizing you're not doing the work so what gets measured gets managed that is very and, true yeah. and the funny thing is I, I knew i was feeling crappy and i've been avoiding getting on the scale and i just i got on it this morning just out of i'm like okay i'm at the end of my rope it's a beautiful day let's see how bad it is damage control and i was just like holy shit i'm gonna break this thing i gotta get going <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, I've actually been doing relatively well. I mean, thanks to to the tracking and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I haven't had a day under ten thousand steps since I started using that app. Um, you know, I'm doing a bike ride every day. I started doing the P90X3 program in addition to the bike rides. I've oh, actually you're a monster. I've finally been dropping a little weight. But what I've really, again, what the quantified stuff really seems to do is. Um, I was doing all that stuff for ages and and not really losing weight. It's only when I started tracking what I was actually eating as well because I don't care what every fitness guru in the world is going to tell you. It is losing weight is 90% diet, 10% exercise. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. It, it's it's all about what you eat and and that's what it really comes down to. Uh which is going to be a problem for the next 30 days because I like beer with my World Cup games, <laughs> and uh, you know even the salads in pubs are not particularly healthy. Oh God, no! <laughs> so for, you know I've given up any thoughts of actually monitoring or or keeping my beer drinkage down, but I know I can do better with food. So I plan on uh, I'm scheduling in meeting or meals before I go to the pub. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good idea. And I like like I said I like walking and I've been using that app The Walk. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm still with it. I stuck with it. It's you know, it's a drag to use just because the the UX sucks, the gameplay mechanics are crappy, but I like the story actually. The story's been pretty fun. So, it's I think it's got 68 missions and I'm on episode 28. Mm-hmm. So, I've still got 40 days worth of you know, story left to go. So for the purchase price, it, it definitely has gotten. I'm gotten its money, my money worth out of it. Oh, well, that's know? good. But uh, you did send me a link that made me very depressed since we just finished talking about all this weight loss. Yeah, I, I ran across this on Boing Boing. <laughs> it's just like a <laughs> kick in the nuts. Uh, basically, long term uh, weight loss isn't possible. Right. Just you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, unless you're an outlier. 
Unless you're an outlier or unless you really fucking work it for the entire rest of your life. I mean, I've been aware of this personally. It, it's a bit sad, but the body does what the body does. And, and once this is why it's super important, like kids' nutrition and all that. Like, I don't want to get too political and, and get into that whole realm of stuff that we shouldn't really be talking about as grumpy old geeks. But if you become a fat kid, you're screwed for life. So avoid ever getting your kid fat. Seriously, it, it's a bad thing. I mean, I was a, I was a relatively thin kid. You know, I did um, because I, I played sports constantly. A lot of it's genetic. I'm I'm just built to be bigger. That's that's in my genes. End of story. But when I was a kid, you know, I was soccer. I was baseball. I was always on my bike. Uh, it's when I stopped doing all that sort of stuff that I just started to gain weight and gain weight and gain weight. And by the time I got out of college, I was pushing like you know I was like around two fifty if not even bigger than that. And it took me a long time to drop down, but my body wants to be fat now. End of story. And it's a constant struggle for me to even stay what I consider to be somewhat chunky. (laughs) (laughs) Use not fat, use fluffy. More more to love, (laughs) you know. Uh, But yeah, this article is, and we see this with celebrities and stuff like that all the time too. It's it's all these celebs that like do the... uh, you know, get the Jenny Craig sponsorships and deals or even go in and do the fucking, you know, cut out half your stomach and all that stuff. They thin down for a while, but gradually over time, you know, Christy Alley happens and, you know, Jennifer or Jessica <laughs> Simpson's going to be a chunker again. It's just, man, the body's a bitch. It <laughs> is. It definitely is. But, you know, tracking it helps. It, yeah. it just keeps me on track as long as I actually get on the scale and then do the work. Yeah. You know, I just I can't not walk. Because I sit all day, or now I stand all day in front of a computer, which is helping. Mm-hmm. I, I swear by the standing desk. It, if nothing else, it makes your back stronger. <laughs> My back is – I have sitting problems with the back. So typing all day at a standing desk is <laughs> does wonders. I know people are like sick of hearing about standing desks, but I've been using them since 1996. Yeah, and I would. Yeah, I swear to God, I would be like four hundred pounds if I didn't didn't have this thing. Yeah, and I've been I've been wanting to do that switch a long time. I was actually supposed to do it back way back in like December of last year, and I still haven't gotten around to it. So I'm going to ask you for a favor, Jason. I want you to drop in our show notes on grumpyoldgeeks.com after we're done with this episode and it goes live. Can you just throw in what you're actually using right now? Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, I'll put it. I'll put in links. I mean, I got this through Amazon, yeah. and I, with Prime, this thing weighs like thirty pounds. So with free shipping bonus. Um, <laughs> and I've tried a bunch of different ones and this one was under 300 bucks. It, it works great. I've got a 21 inch iMac on it and I use my laptop in uh, display mode through the iMac and it's got room for a bunch of stuff. I, I awesome. dig it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Throw up all the stuff and toss up a picture of your setup too. Cause I'd love to see what it looks like. Yeah, well, we'll definitely do. And one thing that I always tell people don't do is get one of those giant, big, wide-ass standing desks because all you do is just clutter it up with stuff. Right. Keep it small. Keep it Spartan. And that way you just – you don't have – you don't do everything there. You just – it's for computing. You know, you don't do your bills there. You have a separate place to do your bills. Just do them at the kitchen table or whatever. But just keep it, keep it Spartan and minimalist and you'll find that it just clears your head better when you're trying to get your work done. Nice. Definitely have to try that out. So I, speaking of the last time you were on a train and you were out here and you had screwed up your entire leg, which is part of the reason you're just getting back into walking now, uh, I ran across an article. Did you take Amtrak? Yes, I did. And I remember you were talking about how crappy your, your uh, reception was and all that sort of stuff. Did they have Wi-Fi on the train? Absolutely not. No, uh-huh. I, took the, yeah, I took the Southwest Chief from Chicago to L.A. and there was no, no onboard Wi-Fi. Um, and 99% of that trip, you're in the middle of nowhere. So you don't even have signal. <laughs> I, I actually edited and 
posted our show from the uh, Wi-Fi on my Verizon iPad. Right. So after two hours or three hours on the phone with them, which was not fun. But yeah, once I got that done and you hit the spots and then you can get, get some 4G action, but it's few and far between. So And it's such a long, long stretch of track. I can't see them putting Wi-Fi in there, especially since they rent the track from the, the freight liners. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the article I stumbled across was more specifically talking about the short hauls for the people that are computers, but uh, commuters, not computers. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe another 50 years. So oh. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about you're talking about like that Northeast corridor up by New York. And, yeah. So and a, lot of the, a lot of the commuters, I guess Amtrak is, is really going to beef up their their Wi-Fi stuff on, on the trains, which is is great for people because I mean, that's that's, uh, you know, one of the definite pluses of taking public transport is the ability to do other things while you're on it so yeah you can if you take amtrak uh on the west coast they they've got really nice trains with wi-fi out there too cool so you should check that out like if you go down to san diego just take the train yeah i was actually thinking about that a a buddy of mine is is super into the american football aka the crappy one and he's a huge jets fan and they're playing san diego uh later this year and he wants us all to go down and i was like i don't want to drive let's try the train so. Yeah, party train. Yeah, party train down. Bud lights for everyone. American yeah. football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can take uh you can take the Amtrak from San Diego all the way up the coast up to like nor- northern California, Oregon, Washington. Yeah. It might even go all the way up to Vancouver. That know. would be pretty but sweet. It, yeah, but I uh friend of the show uh, Fogarty who does uh, all of our voiceover introy things. He's he takes that trip every year and always posts beautiful pictures having wine, you know, with the sunset out the window. <laughs> Uh, right up my alley. Yeah, that's 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 the way to do it. <laughs> now, uh, one last thing on the football. Mm-hmm. John John Oliver this week has he, has another knocked it out of the park rant. He's on, on this. He's on a hot streak with these rants. I got to say, every every episode they pretty much go viral. This one was a great one, especially um, as a World Cup fan myself. Uh, FIFA, the the international, basically overriding organization for for the World Cup. Um, well known to be extremely corrupt and complete pieces of crap, and uh, he does a great, great uh, rant about them and showcasing everything that's wrong with them, and then ending in the same position that all of us do. But we love the game, and my God, the World Cup is amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I had never known anything about the corruption or the organization. It was it was a fun watch. It was like thirteen or fourteen minutes, so it's not short. No. Which is crazy because his show's only a half hour long. Mm-hmm. So he's doing these epic rants now. So hopefully he'll keep that up and that, that'll be his mark because he's kicking Jon Stewart's ass with these, these epic ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got the ability to do that because it's on HBO and he doesn't have to do commercial breaks and he doesn't have to cut into to, you know, specific time delineated segments. So that helps. And he also, yeah, and he also doesn't do four shows a week. He's only doing one. So yeah. his, his staff can put together some you know, amazing content. Yeah. No, it was a great rant, and uh, if you if you have any interest at all in, in this sort of stuff, and if you think you know the, everything going on with the NBA and and all the scandals we've had with Major League Baseball and all that, Americans again got nothing on the world. Man, they oh, beat, they, they beat us hands down. These people are destroying countries. These guys are like super villains. <laughs> they really are. They really are. Uh, the only light at the end of the tunnel is basically the the head of FIFA, who um, Oliver rants about a bit um, after he had done this. I mean, basically, just in the last couple of days, has announced that he's going to step down. Oh, so we get a new supervillain to take his place. We'll, we'll get a new supervillain to take his place. And the other plus is, is in theory, the 2022, I believe, World Cup, which was given to Qatar. And everybody went, what the fuck, um, is probably going to get taken away because it's starting – all the documentation is starting to come out about how it's basically just payola and corruption that got him it in the first place. You, oh, Qatar. Okay. <laughs> Qatar. Qatar. I've heard it pronounced Qatar. I know it's supposed to be Qatar. I know it's definitely not Qatar. 
or, or when the text Q-tip. say it. Q-tip. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Because in the John Oliver piece, they were saying it's like 140 in the shade there when the games are going to be played. It's yeah, like, it's hell? physically impossible to play play soccer in that kind of weather. So, and besides, I mean, they're still like ultra conservative, and I just, you know, I one of the best parts about the World Cup is is watching the female Brazilian fans, and there's, you know, we're not we're not putting them in beekeeper suits. Damn it! <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So uh, more World Cup stuff. I I just can't avoid it right now, Jason. Sorry. I know. I think that's it for the rest of the show. So <laughs> listening to us talk about World Cup is like when other people bitch about Merlin Mann talking about comics on Back to Work or Marco Armit talking about headphones on uh, ATP. It's just it's it's not what the people's want. So we'll okay. move on. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, I do have a small rant. Um, I, I've actually been in a buoyant, actually cheerful mood because of the World Cup this week. But uh, I did get really frustrated with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the problem with Facebook is, well, there's lots of problems with Facebook. But let's just go with the basic one, which is... Uh, yeah, pick one. Yeah, all these people are supposed to be your friends. And, you know, we all just kind of pick up people in our Facebook as we move through life. And, and we never really go wean them out because it feels weird and... Whatever. So I, I have quite a few people that I've just kind of picked up over the years on uh, as friends on Facebook, and um, some of them have decided to adopt. Now you've discussed yourself, Jason. You're you're kind of a digital vagabond, as it were. Yes. Uh, you like to travel around. You like to roam. You don't really want to be tied to anything, but you are also still connected to society, and that's part of the plus for you. Is you you are part of the world, and you can be active in it, and do your job, and and ha- keep friendships all over the world, and you're connected and plugged in as you are a va- vagabond. Correct? Absolutely, that's now, the best way to be a va- vagabond. Well, unfortunately, there's an entire another subsect of people that are starting to pop up now, and surprisingly, I would have thought that most of them would be kind of the younger generation, but the, a lot of them seem to be about our age, and they've decided that they want to be proto hippies. They have a bit of money, and uh, they want you know they buy the the hipstery type uh, flashy silver Winnebagos, and they head out to join the you know to roam the country and see the people, and I'm all down with that, but. You can't post a photo from your iPhone onto Facebook and caption it, I'm totally off the grid. Yeah. Posting a (laughs) photo onto Facebook is the very definition of being on the grid. Yeah, no shit. So know what you're talking about and don't be an asshole. Yeah, it's a little contradictory. (laughs) Don't, Don't romanticize what you're doing and make it sound like it's all super cool and hipster when you're not doing it. If you want to be off the grid, get the fuck off the grid. Yep. Get off. And, my grid and rant. Get off my grid, you stupid kids. In the news. Well, it was only a matter of time before people started making all kinds of weird documentaries about this kind of weird world that we live in. Uh, first up, well, actually, there's. No, I don't think there's been like full-fledged documentaries. There's been like weird little things about Facebook and social media and all that sort of stuff. But this is a full-fledged, massive, huge, funded documentary about Twitter. Well, there was also the really good documentary called Downloaded on Napster that uh, the dude from Bill and Ted's made. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. But there's there a couple, couple was... WikiLeaks ones. I don't um, think any of those were quite as mainstream as this one's going to be. Twitter. Why do we need a documentary <laughs> about Twitter? I hope it's uh, I hope it's only 140 characters long. Yeah, hopefully not 140 minutes. Um, but, I saw uh, the trailer on Salon after much 
<laughs> much finagling to get it to work because Salon is so overloaded now with ads and third-party content. I couldn't get the damn video to load. I know. It's it's a problem, and it's unfortunate because, uh, as you have made fun of me many times for on this on this show, it's a, it, <laughs> I pull a lot of stories from there because they actually have really good writing and really good journalism, but this is the way that we pay for those things nowadays. It's just slammed with bullshit. Um, it's getting to be a hard site to surf and and want to pull things from these days. Unfortunately, even with ad blockers on, it was. It oh, was I miserable. know, I know, it's really bad. The ad blockers have actually fallen way behind in terms of technology these days. They used yep. to keep they used to keep up really well, and I would have really clean surfing experiences. But uh, now I've you know I keep them up to date, and I, I check out the you know which ones are sp- supposedly doing the best. But none of the ad blockers keep up anymore. Yeah, these salon bastards are crafty. <laughs> they are, but uh, yeah, this uh, they have some pretty good people. They're you know Patrick Stewart, Aaron Paul, a bunch of these celebrities that have kind of done some really fun stuff on Twitter are are all you know kind of being interviewed. But uh, it does look horrible. Yeah, it's. I think they should just name it to uh, hashtag douche because <laughs> it did make me kind of throw up in my mouth a little when I watched it. It right. wasn't. There was just bits of it that just seemed so douchey. The <laughs> the media people and. I forget the guy's name, but he was just first talking about brands. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you start a sentence with brands will, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, that, you know, that this- is the evolution of Twitter and that's what we've all seen happen. And I think uh, we've talked about that a couple of times. It's, you know, the, the heyday of Twitter being the wild, wild west is kind of almost over already. And it is a brand paradise. That it is. That's why people are leaving in droves. Yes. So, uh, breaking news as of last night, or I guess yesterday, um, Tesla and uh, Musk, he just uh, basically said, we've got all these great patents about all this amazing technology for our, for our engines. Yeah, have them. Have you at it. You can have them. Have yeah. at it. <laughs> so, good move, bad move? What do you think? I think it's a great move. I, I Fantastic think it's, move. I think it's a massively amazing humanitarian move. Um, it's one of the things that I personally would do if I had more money than God and didn't really care about my intellectual properties. Um, I do wonder what his employees think that have mortgages and kids. And uh, certainly you could never get away with this if he was a public company because the, the you know shareholders would be up in arms about this. But uh, it's, the, it's one of the pluses of uh, – this is the ultimate I've got fuck me money. Not, yep. fu- not fuck you, money. <laughs> fuck me, money. I have so much money, I'm going to fuck myself just to do something cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, it, I think it's great because he lays it out in his blog post, which does have a fantastic title. All your patents are belong to you. Yeah. Which is, which is clever for, you know, 1990 <laughs> but internet, internet humor. To have but, someone at that level that is referencing something from 1990 internet humor is great. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. So – he puts it out there that you know we're a niche car company and we're not going to push the ball forward with getting non you know fossil fuel burning cars out there mm-hmm. at this rate and you know we become the gatekeepers if we hold these patents and enforce them and he's more about giving back and saying hey we want more cars like this on the road we don't want less and you know by stifling innovation by holding the patents we're part of the problems so yeah. let's not be part of the problem here you go <laughs> which is great yeah, yeah i mean i'm i'm all for it i think it's a fucking fantastic thing i just do like there are a certain number of variables that have to fall into play to be able to do something like that and luckily he's he's done them all so you know this, i think the history books are going to re- go back and look at musk and he's just going to be he's going to be a huge chapters 
Absolutely. So. And everybody I know that has uh, a Tesla loves it. I mean, they swear by it. Yeah. Shane, Nicker- Shane Nickerson, a previous guest on the show, just got one this week. He's been posting his pictures on uh, Instagram of, about it, and it looks like a nice car. Oh, they're beautiful, and, and they're really cool. I mean, they're, ter- they're certainly they're geek carts. I mean, it's all computerized, and you can hack them. And I did see a, they did a road test against uh, an Aston Martin in one, and it beat the Aston on several metrics. The, the guy said it was just fantastic. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yep. I won't ever get one, but <laughs> I, I I would like one, but I don't see it in any time in the near future. That's I mean they're prohibitively priced right now, certainly for anybody that's kind of fiscally fiscally conscious, especially a, a homeowner such as myself. So no, no, te- no Tesla in my near future. I'm quite happy still with my, with my souped up mini, but uh, I would love to have one of these. And, and I, you know, the, the best thing about this is hopefully we're going to have a lot more of these uh, electronic cars. I hope, you know, mass produced by, you know, Ford and GM and all those guys. So get on it, people. And they'll all drive themselves and you never have to worry about it again. Or there's that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you can't get one right now anyway because the waiting list is so long. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty crazy. Uh, there's quite a lot of them here in Santa Monica. Now, the big bullshit story of the week was the, <laughs> the, the Turing test uh, winner. Yeah. The, I, it, was, it exploded across the internet, which is when I put it in our show notes right away when everybody was still buying it. And then two days later, I posted another article about how we're actually just getting dumber, and that's the only reason it passed. And now we've gotten to the point where everybody knows this is complete and utter bullshit, and it was just a chat bot, and it was just a really stupid people. Yeah, I wanted to pull it up and try it before the show because I can – generally my first question to these things is uh, what does the color blue taste like? Right. You know, <laughs> right there. If it comes back with, huh, what are you talking about? You know, people would never answer the question like a computer would be just because it's, you know, two mixed messages and I've never seen a, any chat bot answer that question in any way that would make you think that it was a person on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I didn't try it out, but I mean, all the articles are just like, nope, not even close. Give it a rest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just getting dumber. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Uber back in the news. 17 billion. 17 billion dollars in funding this week. Wow. If they're making so much money, why do they need 17 billion more dollars? I don't know. Uh, it's- I don't get the. There's a lot. Actually, Uber's been in the news tons because I don't know if uh, there were the protests all over the place. I mean, uh, no, no, hang on. Let, let yeah. me let me go back a second here. Okay. They didn't raise 17 billion. They raised on a on a valuation of 17 billion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they raised 1.2 billion, but 17 billion dollar valuation for a taxi company. Yeah. Well, they're going to be much more than that. They're <laughs> going to be much much more. Than that. That if they can get past the regulators in all these places that are trying to shut them down, so and uh, I don't know if they will because you can get away with it here in the good old USA where we actually just don't seem to give a shit about much. But I don't see how this is. I mean, the, the protests and and especially in places like London where you know you have to spend years learning and pass rigorous tests called the knowledge about London streets and uh, granted technology. Okay. GPS, but what if your GPS goes down? Um, and, and all these places that were, you have to basically buy into a license to get taxis and and all these things are there for a reason. Um, and Uber is just kind of saying, fuck that shit. Uh, which is, I don't know. This is such a weird thing to me because on, on the one hand, you know, taxi company, the main plus for Uber has been, we have an app, it tracks everything, and your credit card's in there, so you never have to use cash. 
kind of taxi company's fault for not emulating that or getting on board with it as quickly. Um, I don't know. Weird one. Yeah, well, I mean, you were talking about other countries. They are in 37 different countries at this point. So yeah. they are they're making inroads into other countries. But the – I don't know. I, I Like I'm an Uber fan. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Uber fan. I love it every time I use them. I've never had a bad trip. Yeah. And I can see how you know just the regulation side of it where they're going up all these sites. They need that much money. They need these billions of dollars just to pay for the damn lawyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bribe the officials in the third world countries just to get their their shit through, <laughs> which I'm sure there's I'm sure they've got a bribery division somewhere in the in the bowels of their corporate lair. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Seventeen billion, based on what they're doing. If those last numbers are any have any truth to them, how much how much money they're they're making with all the new employees? Mm-hmm. It might might be close to it. Maybe so, maybe we'll see. It just it seems a bit unbelievably huge but then almost all of these uh companies do um same with airbnb which is uh, i want to tie this in because we had a story about that that popped up um airbnb is now planning on offering to expand beyond their original offerings to dinner sharing plans which is a bit weird um and again it's it's all right good enough for them and i'm sure a lot of people are going to find that really fascinating but they're stepping past all these regulations they're they're bypassing food safety regulations and all of these all of these companies are are kind of doing this to get a step ahead they're they're you know there are rules we step outside of them and now we're doing great but shit that's not right yeah. this airbnb this airbnb uh dinner sharing thing is one step away from uh, i mean it, as soon as they get their First food poisoning case, boom, you know, problem, <laughs> well, problem solved there. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about Uber as well. I mean, we've had a couple stories here about bad Uber drivers, but none of them have completely checked out uh, because it's always a weird thing when people are drinking heavily. But uh, all it's going to take is one Uber driver to fucking disappear with some chick and, you know, find her in the river dead three weeks later. And, you know, Uber's plan is, is shot to shit. Yeah, I'm sure they'll... they'll- come up with a software solution. <laughs> um, and it's interesting, like when you look at places like B&Bs, B&Bs get licensed mm-hmm. and they serve food. Yeah. And some of the states, I was researching this a little bit when you sent the article, a lot of states only have food regulations if you have like five or more rooms for yeah. rent. If it's four and under, you can get by with just grandma in the kitchen cooking up your eggs, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if, I mean, it's like this whole B&B licensing thing, it seems like it would be... Yeah. Not too hard to get get that kind of licensing on the statewide level for Airbnb people who want to do Airbnb stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so the tax money goes back into the system. Yeah, not uh, not you know just basically a big tax hole like it is now. It's well, like, that, oh, somebody yeah. stay at my place. Here's you know, somebody makes like six seven thousand dollars a year. They don't get taxed on that, which is I'm sure is what a lot of the the fight is about. Yeah, at the at the at the base level. So you know, give them a licensing strategy. Let them. Uh, rent these rooms out, and if they want to serve food, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's caveat emptor. You know, you look in the kitchen, you see a cockroach, you don't want to eat there anyway. But yeah, for a lot of people, you know, if you're eating the same food as the people that live there, literally, it's like, okay, here's ten bucks. Can I sit down to dinner with you? Yeah, I don't see it as that big of a problem because nobody's going to be cooking stuff that they're not going to eat. That's very true. I agree with that. <clears throat> but uh, the tax point is is super huge. And I have no problem with any of these companies except for the fact that they seem to be skating by all these regulations and, and they're finding tax loopholes and all that. It's just, you know, you disrupt the industry, but play by the rules. We, we All yeah. these rules were there for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, look what happened when we uh, deregulated the financial sector. How'd that work out? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 
Amazon's in the news this week. Uh, <laughs> when, when aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the big the big news was their fight with Warner Brothers. Now I can see how this plays out with like a little book company that they were strong arming. Yeah, this is Warner Brothers we're talking about. So yep. we'll see how this one plays out. If if Amazon wins over Warner Brothers, that's saying something about the power of Amazon. Well, I mean, they also just launched a streaming music service uh, starting for Prime members. So they've made a deal, at least to a certain extent, with Warner Brothers on the music side of things. Um, who knows? I mean, this is just um, – we last week we spent a lot of time basically just talking about what we see as the big three, the Clash of the Titans, Google, Facebook, and Amazon. Um, they're all entering each other's spaces. They're they're all battling it out for to see who's going to be the winner, and that's uh, a big money. Unfortunately, it's also the one thing that we hate about the internet. We do not want consolidation into one company or even the three that we have now, which is why the internet kind of sucks these days. Um, who knows? Yep. I mean, but you, you'll be able to get a babysitter soon. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, great, I guess. I, don't we already have things like Angie's List? And I'm, there's a bunch of kid based sites that, uh, you know, parent based sites that exist already for this sort of stuff. But uh, all right, fine. I, as long as they bring her, bring the babysitter and the drone, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, drone <laughs> drop. <laughs> uh, have you tried the new uh, Prime streaming service yet, the music? I have not tried it yet. Um, I think they just announced it uh, yesterday. I'm not even sure if it's up and running, but it's on my to-do list today since I am a Prime member. I figured I might as well check it out. Yeah, definitely. Let me know what you think. As soon as it pops up, I'll give it a shot too. Yeah. Because so, I don't I don't pay for RDO or Spotify anymore. So if I can get some music free with my Prime membership, which I'm already paying for, yeah. And still, I I can't recommend Prime enough. It saves me so much money every year. It's Consider, ridiculous. Yeah, considering how much I order from Amazon, it's just uh, it makes sense. Of course, I am contributing to the very problem I complain about, which is Amazon taking over the world. But <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with Amazon taking over the world. I really couldn't care less as long as I can order my toilet paper and have it here in 24 hours. I'm in. <laughs> All right, if you could wait that long. <laughs> yeah, you got to pinch those cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw an article this morning that came through the uh, the pipes or the tubes. Mm-hmm. The internet is apparently full. Again? Well, we're well, it's full of shit most yeah. of the time, but uh no we there was a what was it 2 years ago that we talked about this? I, we didn't talk about it on the show, we talked about it at the bar. Uh we ran out of IPv4 addresses. Like we were running out very rapidly and now it's like next stage running out where there's like, you know, just a few million left. Right. So, and the switch to IPv6 is just, you know, glacial. I think we're at 10% of the US or 10 to 15% of US ISPs support IPv6 now, yeah. which is not nearly enough. Nope. Not nearly enough. And the problem is that, like everybody's got to make the switch at the same time. So Good luck. Somebody, somebody needs to get on that. Yeah. Well, maybe if Google, Facebook, and Amazon all step in. You can move to Africa because Africa apparently still has a ton of their allocated addresses open because well, there's nobody there to <laughs> care. This is one of the weird – I mean this is like people always complain, you know, why does the US have some of the slowest rate uh, – you know – uh, streaming rates and all that sort of stuff. If you're a third world country and you're you're starting without old infrastructure, it's a lot easier to to skip ahead real quick on this stuff. Yeah, you either go straight wireless or fiber. You can skip the the generations of copper that we had to go through. Exactly. So you're welcome, third world countries. We suffer, so you don't have to. Security. Ah! Uh, apologies if there's any weird audio artifacts this time around uh we both did speed tests but we're still getting the occasional chunk for no particular reason i blame uh, microsoft and skype 
Yeah, because I just checked my bandwidth in Comcast, like like the good drug dealers they are, have upped my bandwidth to 117 megabits per second download. Which is upload upload is 23 megabits per second. Absolutely insane. That must be wonderful. It is. It really it really is. <laughs> so we're in security, and we have a hack of the week because these Ooh. things will be happening all the time now. But this is a bit of an odd one. Um, PF Chang's is investigating a possible credit card hack. Hmm. I think they should investigate better chefs, but. I actually uh, like the P.F. Chang's. It's not bad. Uh, I've, last couple of times I've eaten there, it was terrible. Mm. Okay. Well, apparently thousands of credit card numbers are for sale online after hacker, hackers targeted the chain restaurant P.F. Chang's. So, you know, if you've had the Mongolian beef recently, you might want to check your bank statements. Yes, get your freecreditreport.com, whatever. <laughs> Which they're not freecreditreport.com because they got sued by everybody and it was basically a scam and they said you're not allowed to do that anymore. So Yeah, so it's um, uh, not really freecreditreport.com. So what are you going to do there? Mm-hmm. So the CIA has decided to join Twitter. <laughs> and they were funny. Their first tweet was we can neither confirm nor deny that this is our first tweet. Which is so, very, very funny. Yeah, it is. Uh, They've gotten less funny. But uh, and they've started actually doing an awful lot of updates. So there's some eager beaver over there that uh, is a social media genius, apparently. But uh, worth following. Very funny. Very interesting. Yeah, it's you know it's a lot of ego stroking going on over there, and uh, they just had a, a speech or something. So it's a lot of quotes from their speech, which yeah. are very bland and dry. So, but it yes. was it was it was funny to see them on. It was a good start. On- it was. They got they got hammered by a ton of people, obviously. The, yeah. The second tweet as well was quite amusing. Thank you for the Twitter welcome. We look forward to sharing great hashtag unclassified content with you. See, that shit's funny. <laughs> it is. It they is. Should, they should have kept with that. <laughs> now, uh, this one was pretty funny, too. Uh, Facebook stupidity leads to the largest gang bust in New York City history. Mm-hmm. Can't feel bad about that one. No. You know, don't post what you're doing. Especially if it's, you know, <laughs> murder. Yeah, you're going to kill someone? Don't post about it. Yeah. Don't update your status to currently murdering. Yeah, not, don't, put, <laughs> don't put that into Foursquare. <laughs> how, now, how long till Facebook can tell that the gunshots that are in the background when you're posting are real and not a movie? And then, you know, call the police for you. That's actually a good point. And uh, funnily enough, have you heard anything about that? Um, had that rolled out in the, the latest Facebook update, the the listening to everything that's going on bit? Because I've seen no scuttlebutt about that online. I had, yeah, I think the only thing that I heard about it was from our show. Yeah. So I haven't checked anything because I don't use the Facebook app on my phone. That's so right. I don't Stop know doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you find it, you let uh, me know. I will look into it. Uh, maybe after you know Germany has won the World Cup, but we'll see. <laughs> well, see if see if it'll update and t- see if you're watching. Yeah, the that's Germany true. Game. That's true. I should just. I'll, I I will check that. I will get back because that would be one. interesting if it knows if it's smart enough to know live television, which I highly doubt it is. Yeah, that would be I'm, interesting. Yeah, because I'm sure like their back catalog, the way they do the you know the pattern matching is they just have waveforms of all the audio from every movie, and then it just does a pattern match against that. So yeah, and that's that probably takes time. You know, they have to digitize it, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they have some processing on it to be able to put it into a searchable form. The technology on it's got to be off the hook. But, yeah, pretty So intense. to do that with live TV, I think would be, if they can do that, fuck it. They can, they, they've taken over the world. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty much have anyways, but yeah. Yeah. So this was, it was a fun story. I found it on the naked security blog, which uh, I think I pimped last week, but they're just a good source. It's a very good source. And also this week, Al Gore comes out saying Snowden is a whistleblower, which is pretty, 
Big news. Yeah. 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 I he, mean, not he, that Al Gore is involved in politics anymore in any way, shape, or form, but he's a very well-respected gentleman about town, as it were. Um, for him to come out and, and basically make this statement, um, pretty big and pretty tough for the administration, which is still kind of towing the hard line that he's a criminal to deal with. Yeah, Jimmy Carter came out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Clinton was a little hard on him still, yeah. but – well, he has to be because his wife is about to run for president. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. See, you always got to look at the reasons behind these things. Clinton cannot go off chart. He's got to kind of toe the line as much as possible. I'm surprised they haven't locked him in a room so he can't talk to anybody. While I, am, I am shocked that they haven't tackled him and taken him into a corner. <laughs> no, more, no more appearances for you for a while. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, I forgot about that old billery. <laughs> Uh, that's about it for security this week. It's uh, It's been a nice slow week. I like that. It has been a nice slow week. And uh, just on the security note, um, I'd like to so far give Brazil uh, a high five. I was uh, expecting a lot more. I mean, there was no lack of protests and rightfully so going on in Brazil right now. But uh, I was half expecting uh, some major events as of yesterday and uh, they're keeping their security tight. Well, it is day one of a 30-day event. So there's plenty <laughs> of time to blow some shit up. This is true. <laughs> And they couldn't even keep the lights on in the stadium, so hey, who knows? we couldn't keep them on for uh, for our biggest sporting event. So I, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I, I cannot shit on Brazil at all for that because during the during the uh, what the hell do they call that the Super the Bowl. Super Bowl we lost yes. lights, and we on the plus side. And again, <laughs> why why soccer is way better than football? Those fuckers kept playing. We didn't stop yep. for a fucking two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for, to their credit, they did keep the lights in the field on. It was just in the stands that it went out. But, That's true. Yeah. yeah, when the Super Bowl went, like half the field went dark. So <laughs> it made it more fun. They could get some glow sticks and taped them to the ball. You uh, know, I agree. Adapt, people. Adapt. It's the library. This week, I finished a book called The Rise of Superman, Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance. Mm. Uh, it's a book by Stephen Kotler who has written a bunch of other books that I've never read or even heard of. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author, apparently. But this book, this book basically is uh, – you've read the book Flow, right? We've, uh, talked about that book we've talked about it. Yes, I've skimmed it. Okay. This is like a next-level book about Flow, talk, more about the research that's happened since the original work was published. Right. With a lot of examples and a lot of extreme sports athlete examples, right? And all in all, it was a it was a fantastic read. I loved it. Okay, cool. And as a as an ex athlete, um, a lot of the stuff I can totally relate to being a skateboarder back in the day and knowing exactly what these guys are talking about. Flow when you're doing like crazy fast ass sports like that mm-hmm. just just comes naturally and is part of the reason I love the love the sport so much. Right, right, yeah. So does it, do they get into kind of just normal human genetics at all or human performance and, and quantifying and all that sort of stuff? Or is this basically outliers and extreme? No, no. They talk about how, how to get into a flow state being normal people. Oh, okay. That's very so, cool. Yeah, and it outlines the stages of you know, what constitutes you know, the, the factors that you need to kind of manufacture to get into the state. So it's, it, it's a good book if you are looking to get into flow more often. Absolutely. All right. I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, what if I have been working on a book for like three months now? 
Um, so I haven't really had a new at the library bit for, for a little while. I took a break to uh, read that one about the squawking chicken, which, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever read the sample chapter on that, but, uh, I still, I have it. it's very funny. Um, I'm actually reading one of the books that you recommended. Um, I'm reading, uh, Lois McMaster Buell's Young Miles. Bujold. Bujold. Um, the problem with this book and why I haven't gotten to be able to say anything yet, and, and you'll tell me that it's broken into three or four separate books, which is why it's so good and long. It's uh, 924 pages, and I'm only at 443 right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is three books. It's an anthology. Yeah, I think I kind of finished up what was one. That the, with the ebook itself, it's not really clearly delineated as to when one book what might be done, and it does all flow together relatively well. So I haven't really felt like there was any kind of particular stopping point. I think I might have hit one just a little bit ago. I'm actually really enjoying this. And one of the interesting things about about um, reading a recommendation from you, uh, and I, I basically went and did no research whatsoever on this. I just started reading it, which is a weird way to go into sci-fi. I can't really tell when this was written. I'm assuming it's somewhat older because it has tinges of being kind of older sci-fi. There's just certain feels to it, but it's still just Really good sci-fi and really interesting. And I love the character Miles. He's unbelievable. Yep. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So, And I'm glad that there's like 10,000 other books to read in, in this particular series. Yeah, there's a lot of them. And I, it's funny. I actually did just finish the – there's a prequel to the series called Falling Free. Mm-hmm. And I'd never – I'd read the actual physical book, but I'd never picked it up on Audible because right. they've got the same reader for the entire series. And I had an extra credit, and I finally went through and bought it. So now I have everything that she's written about Miles on Audible, and I can just marathon it one more time when I'm when I want to get into it. But I love the characters, I love the universe, the whole shebang, and yeah. and Miles is just fantastic. Yeah. Now, since I've gone ahead and talked about it a little bit, when were these written? Are these are a little bit older? Correct. I think they started in the 80s, like late 80s is when she started, and okay. she's still writing them. I mean, there was one the new the latest one was out two years ago, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because it does. It just does have that twinge of kind of older sci-fi, but uh, still really, really enjoyable. It's it's very fun, and I liked. I actually really liked going into to this without knowing anything about the universe or the time period or anything about the author even. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's how I found it too. It was a recommendation on Audible like years and years and years ago, and I picked one up, and I picked you know one up that was a couple like series ahead in the or books ahead in the series. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and just I devoured the whole thing and <laughs> I've just been, you know, just waiting and waiting for the next books to come out and it's taken a long time cuz she apparently doesn't like writing these books. <laughs> she she has another couple series that are more fantasy like, you know, dragony uh, and dragons and princesses and shit like that. Right. But the sci-fi stuff for she keeps putting it off. So yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'll just throw in one other thing for people to read um, in keeping with the World Cup theme because I'll have something about it in almost every segment. Uh, if you are into into the World Cup and the whole soccer thing, but uh, you don't like crazy ass like statistics and ESPN type reporting, uh, Slate has a great blog called The Spot, which is all about soccer, and they don't get all that into it. And it's actually the writers are very funny, um, and they write from a very kind of we know you're American, we're American too. Here's why we like it. Here's why you should like it. Uh, it's very amusing. So check that out if you uh, want to dip your toe into what's going on in the the biggest, uh, basically the biggest thing that ever happens in the entire world. Okay. <laughs> and I, I do have one other thing. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of the Mitch Rapp series by Vince Flynn. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Vince Flynn died. 
not oh. too long ago. Right. Um, yeah, June of last year, actually, he died of cancer, unfortunately. And he made a huge series of these books. It's basically, you know, it's modern day spy action hero drama. It's popcorn. They're popcorn books. Mm-hmm. It's like our version of the, the ro- romance novel. And I was looking for something to kind of fill that void since there's never going to be any more Mitch Rapp books. And I just on a whim, I picked up the, the series, uh, the John Wells series by Alex Berenson. And I read the first two books, The Faithful Spy and The Ghost War, and they were pretty good. Right. The, the big problem I have is the first book in the series was uh, narrated by Robinson Dean, who's a fantastic uh, reader who I mentioned last time. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of the books are read by George Waddell who read the Mitch Rapp books. So now I'm getting all the c- characters confused in my head because all I hear is the other books <laughs> with this one. So I might actually just have to pick up the paperbacks and read them. Right. But if you're into that, you know, modern spy stuff, these books are a little older, but, uh, you know, like 90s. Mm-hmm. But they're good. They're good. They're good popcorn, you know, spy CIA shit. If Very you're into cool. that, if you're into that kind of thing. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. So I mentioned last week that I put Yosemite on my iMac. Yeah. Yeah, oops. <laughs> <laughs> you're a brave man. Uh, well, Actually, a st- you're stupid a stupid man. man because we've gone through this every time. <laughs> yeah, it took me 24 hours to get my iMac back from the dead because Yosemite was just not ready for anywhere near prime time. So I found a version of my Mac that I'd backed up to hard drive using Carbon Copy Cloner. Mm-hmm. Saved my bacon. <laughs> so... It's it, all it does is literally it clones the whole the whole drive to an external and it's bootable. Right. So I could actually boot from the external hard drive and run my Mac just like it was unfortunately in January. So <laughs> everything was old. But then I used uh, Carbon Copy Cloner to just basically merge it back to the iMac and I got everything back the way it was and then just had to go through the update cycle. But now I'm smart. Uh, Cloner lets you do timed backup. So at night I keep the hard drive just you know plugged in and it will clone itself nice. every night yeah. so couple of that with the um uh was the time, time machine, machine. Yeah, yeah time machine backups the problem with the time machine backups is they're on the wi-fi network and this is a 500 gig drive that had like maybe 30 gig open so like 470 gig over yeah. wi-fi yeah yeah <laughs> even and- though i've got the fastest wi-fi you know hotspot that they've got with the an or whatever yeah, it still takes forever. So, And isn't it hilarious how people are trying to push us to do even our backups into the cloud? Yeah, no It's just, it's just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, I've got, I've got multiple hard drives now with fireproof boxes around the house and, and off-site. So yes. that's the way to do it. So yeah, but Carbon Copy Cloner saved my bacon. Definitely check it out if you want to do any kind of Mac backup stuff, which you should. Yes. Also, a little recommendation, which is something that, uh, again, this just goes to prove to you that uh, even the most uh, seasoned and experienced and knowledgeable people fuck up every now and then. Uh, I fuck up daily. How did you not do a backup before installing, right before installing Yosemite? Because I've been moving away from using my iMac as a production computer, but right. not realizing that there are like four or five things that I need it for. <laughs> because this is my Air only has four gig of RAM and my iMac has 13 gig. And there are a lot of like processing intensive things like handbrake that uh, yeah. Can, yeah. can be done on the Air, but generally not, not, so not recommended. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I learned the hard way even now. Like, uh, even if there's, I don't even go crazy and, and install any betas. Even if there's just an update for my iPhone or my iPad, I do a backup right before I. I do it. Yeah, that well, fortunately I do the definitely do the iPhone backups cuz I I rolled back from 8 pretty easily. That that one was an easy one, but this one was a nightmare. 
So, but it's back in action, and I'm actually talking to you from it right now. There you go. So, I got a follow up on two dots from mm-hmm. the makers of dots. God, that game is annoying. <laughs> it is so hard. <laughs> I've got the level 75, but the problem is it's one of those ones where you can get up to five lives, and it takes 20 minutes for each life to you know regenerate, mm-hmm. which makes some of the harder levels just almost impossible to get through. I have broken down twice, and I have paid a dollar each time to to bypass a level with a, one of their you know enhancements, and I got tired of it, and I th- put the gate you know deleted the game, got it off my my devices. And then, you know, sitting around, ah, I got nothing to do for 10 minutes, pulled it back down. Because if you, if you sync with Facebook, it remembers your spot. So right. I came back, everything was where it was. But there was this level I just could not get past. I'm on level 75 now out of 85. And I'm thinking, oh, now I wonder, what happens if I just force quit the app before, the, before I run out of moves to save a life? Mm-hmm. Sure enough. <laughs> if you know you're not going to make it through that level, you don't have enough moves. Right. You can just force quit the app, open it back up, and boom, your life's back. Bob, so Bob's your I uncle. Ju- I just saved uh, somebody a lot of trouble. So just remember that if you're if you're playing two dots and you don't feel like sitting around and you want to waste more time, you can waste as much time as you like now because you don't have to wait for the lives to regenerate. You are welcome, internet. Ooh, fancy. A long time ago, you told me about Touch of Modern, which is one of those curated sites where you have to become a member and you get emails with all the fancy stuff and weird-ass Japanese sex toys and very expensive <laughs> watches and the like. Yeah, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, oh, sorry. I just kind of, you kind of just go like, it, it's one of those shark fin things with all those sorts of sites where like, I look at them obsessively for like a couple of weeks and maybe order one or two things and, and then kind of still look at it again every now and then for a couple of months. And then I completely forget about it. Yeah. I still get the emails from them and I glance through the, the products and nothing in there I can afford. Yeah. That's a problem so, too. <laughs> so I found one through uh, an email newsletter about cool facts that I'm, that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And this one's called the grommet. Right. And it's, it's the same kind of thing, but you know, a little more cheaper. Uh, yeah, cheaper and just kind of more weird little stuff. I got a thing on there called the Pocket Monkey, which is a credit card-sized multi-tool that you can stick in your wallet. It's uh, FAA-approved, so you won't lose it going through uh, TSA check. Oh, that's nice. And it's got a bunch of screwdrivers and bottle openers and shit like that, but it also doubles as an iPhone holder. So if you stick a credit card through it, you can sit your, stick your iPhone on it, which <laughs> I thought was perfect because you can just keep it in your wallet then and when you want to sit it up to watch a movie or something. And it was like 20 bucks, and you get two of them. Mm-hmm. I have not used it once. Okay. But I, I got it. <laughs> you got it. Well, I want to give – I'm, the, I'm I prepared. Wanna, I want to give these guys a high five for uh, not making you sign up to browse your catalog. Um, I'm sure there are great statistics on stickability and returnability and uh, you know making sure that people come back by forcing you to like sign up for a site. But uh, I like this the old-fashioned way, and I'm, I'm – I'm very happy about that. You should always be able to browse somebody's catalog without giving any information. Yeah, that is the big problem with Touch of Modern because if I'm on my phone and I get the email and I want to like look at something, it, it makes me try and sign in. Yeah. And uh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I close the browser, delete the email, and off on my merry way. Yeah. So don't make it harder for somebody to buy something from you. Make it easier. Amazon doesn't require you to sign up to look. No, they don't. Audible does, I think, but they're a subsidiary. 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 Yeah. <laughs> a wholly so. owned subsidiary of Fly By Night Industries. So, yeah, check out the grommet. There's fun stuff on there. I 
there's a couple things I might actually pick up. Yeah, yeah. They, they seem to have a lot of the stuff that uh, you see popping up on kind of viral ads as well. Just the, like the cool like little things like uh, you know uh, cord organizers that are all funky looking, and they've got they've got a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah, thumbs up. Just in case you're missing the sounds from the 2010 World Cup, we'll have a nice little link in our YouTube uh, with a nice clip of the Vuvuzuelas, because they were kind of fun, but I don't miss them. Turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I hate those things so much. It was uh, beyond annoying. I mean, it was very funny, and and we can all laugh about it now, but uh, at the time, it sucked. So no Vuvuzuelas at the current World Cup. Although we do seem to have a breaking news theme, bad refing. Apparently, Mexico has had some very questionable calls, much like uh, the calls. No spoilers. The calls. No spoilers. Yeah, I'm not saying the score, (laughs) and by the time this is up there, all three of today's games will have been played, so. (laughs) Uh, Well, I haven't got to see it yet, so don't be a ruinous bastard. I will not. I'll end you. So speaking of annoying, I just got I just got word from a buddy of mine that uh, Eben Pagan, also known as David D'Angelo, the mm-hmm. uh, the godfather of the pickup artist community with Double Your Dating, yes, and his uh, his really scammy info product business, has joined the world of the podcast. Oh boy! Yep. You actually going to listen? I'm going to listen to it because, you know, I like to arm myself against these people and be able to tell other people how to avoid them. Um, yeah, he's – and unfortunately, he's listed at number 25 in the top 100 audio podcasts now. He's got six episodes out. He's been publishing since June 5th it looks like. But here's the thing. This is – he just doesn't even know. The title of the podcast, which makes it impossible to find, is a domain name. He titled it GetAltitude.com. GetAltitude's is his crappy you know, e-product line. Right. And it's – you can't search for it. You, I mean you can search in the, the titles, but you can't right. – you ruin half of your SEO visibility. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you right there, that's a dumb move. So he, don't, don't listen to what he's selling. <laughs> so I will listen to it all this week and then come back with an actual report on it since I just found out about it. So this is breaking news. So we're going to have a great rant next week. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Shockingly, I did not go for a World Cup statistic for Are You Shitting Me, although there were plenty to choose from. And uh, actually, I will send a link to pop into our show notes at grumpyoldgeeks.com, which had a great um, a great kind of another one. It came from the spot which I talked about earlier, which is uh, Slate's soccer blog. Uh, it was a nicely well-produced video that just kind of goes through all the crazy statistics involved with the World Cup. So I'll pop that up in the show notes. Uh, but my shitting me for the week, there are more fake flamingos in the world than real flamingos. This doesn't really surprise me. No. Well, actually, it kind of does surprise me a little bit because I remember fake flamingos being quite the big thing when I was younger, but I can't tell you the last time I've seen one. Anywhere. Oh, dude. Welcome to the Midwest. Drive through, drive through every trailer park out here. You'll see a ton of them. You'll okay. see flocks, flocks and herds of them. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And they, it's not like they uh, you know, decompose. So everybody, every fake flamingo that's ever sold is still probably in circulation in somebody's garage. I know my mom <laughs> literally has three or four of them in her garage, mainly because we save them as gag gifts and send them around at Christmas. <laughs> and then, then two years later, they get sent back. <laughs> so yeah. there, is an, there is an underground market for the fake flamingo. Well, who knew? Who knew that? But uh, another interesting fact about the fake flamingo, they st- the species was endangered and stopped replicating when the manufacturer went out of business in 2006. However, 
within three years, somebody else had bought the rights and started remanufacturing them. So for three years, you couldn't get a fake flamingo. Wow. I didn't know that you had needed rights to make a fake plastic bird. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, see, we can start up a, a disrupt company where, where <laughs> people can order fake flamingos, then we'll just infringe on their copyright from their phones. But it's a bird. You can't just sculpt another one and make it in plastic and sell it? I'm sure you can, but these guys were famous. They cornered the market. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I guess nobody decided it was worth starting up one. Capitalism is a strange place. Isn't it? Closing shout outs! A uh, big shout out to one of my comedy heroes who, who passed away this, uh, this week, actually quite young at 56, uh, Rick Mayel. Uh, he was the star of The Young Ones, which is a very influential show on, I believe, both myself and Jason. Um, we love that damn show. Uh, he also played Drop Dead Fred, which you might know him from. Um, more famous in the UK than here, obviously, but a very, very funny man. Yeah, it's very sad. Very mm -hmm. sad. He was very funny. And if you've never seen The Young Ones, oh go out and get it. It's yes. hilarious. It is very, very good stuff. So, it was, yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah, for sad, sure. sad news, sad news. So my shout-out for the week is Resistance Pro Wrestling. It's Billy Corgan's uh, little pet project. I uh, am going to see them tonight, and they just got a show deal on AMC. So you'll, you can watch them soon on their own reality TV show. Oh, joy. So, <laughs> hey, it's fun. I mean, this is my third time, I think, going, and I have a blast every time I go. They do one show a month here in Chicago, mm -hmm. and it's, it's in an Arabian horse farm. So there's animals around. It's very cool, very cool, and the wrestling's really good. So who knew that you is, could uh, – Is it real or is it all showy, WWF style? Well, yeah. It's you know, I mean, professional, you know, real. professional wrestling. Yeah, real wrestling. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It's cool. real real professional entertainment, all as right. they say it was. Does, uh, does uh, Billy Corgan ever show up? He's there every week right. or every, every month. Right. Yeah. No, he's a, major, he's a major contributor to the show. He's part of the company and you know, he's around all the time. He, he generally gets on the mic every show and gets up and does a bit. So, very cool. cool. All right. Well, tell him to write a decent album, for God's sake. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> I like his stuff, so. What uh, I, I say? liked his stuff. I haven't heard anything recently. Yeah, you don't uh, want to. Keep your memories, man. Keep them. Oh, man. It's cool. I, 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 dig, I dig the show. Everything there is fun, so. All right. If you're, in, if you're in the Chicagoland area at some point, check them out. And we'll put a link, <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes. And come say hi, because I'll be hanging out in the front row. All right. And uh, if you're anywhere in the Santa Monica area, I will most likely be at Finn McCool's for every single World Cup game, except when I'm podcasting. Then you'll be there for uh, pub trivia. So that's <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just move in and get a room. Oh, you, uh, you know, I moved about as close as I could to the place anyways. So, yeah. So you can go home and shower, hopefully, every mm -hmm. every day. But for the rest of the month, yeah, go, yeah. go see Brian at Finn's. They I have do. great fish and chips. Yeah, I, I have been walking home to shower to take the stink of the bad refereeing off me. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to you next week, and we can talk about more fun soccer. <laughs> well, okay. And we can talk about wrestling. <laughs> All right. I'll see you later, man. See you, man. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks. Or email them at podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.